Now, a number of you will have met Bex and Moses before, but in case you haven't, Bex comes from around here. She lives, lived right around the corner from us and was involved in the lighthouse in, in, in the early days. And then God called her to go and help a doctor working in a place called Namatala, a, a slum on the edge of Mbali in Uganda. Yes. And Bex went, we thought maybe for one year at first. Yes. And then we started to hear about this guy called Moses. And that's where she met Moses, and they started to do some outreach together and all sorts of things. And to cut a long story short, they fell in love. They got married. (laughs) And on the honeymoon here in the UK, God gave Moses a dream. This is true, isn't it? And, And he came to see Phil and I after they'd had their holiday and said, um, we think that God might be speaking to us about um, providing some care for the little toddlers in the slum who sometimes are left by their single parent who goes out to try and earn some money. Uh, they get left for some hours and fall into trouble. And rather than them be left like that, we would like to open up a nursery school in a borrowed room. And, you know, can we do this? And we thought, well, you don't have to ask our permission if God's putting it on your heart. But we back you. And I thought that you might, like, after a year or two of being married, you might get around to doing something about it. Little did I know what this man is like. They went back and went straight on with it. And um, I'm going to finish in a minute. (laughs) Then we started to hear... All these amazing stories. And since that time, we've been going uh, maybe every year, sometimes a couple of times a year, sometimes once every two years, but, uh, you know, fairly regularly on and off since that time to visit. And they've grown. They have grown from a little nursery class in a tiny room into owning land, building a huge school, primary school for over 400, 400, that'll that'll give you the details now, and a whole ministry into the neighborhood, planting a church that also uses that building. So uh, this is Pastor Moses because he pastors the church. This is Director Bex because she directs the school. And God has done amazing, amazing things through them. So give them a huge round of applause and a welcome. And I think what we're going to do is, Bex is going to talk to you about Child of Hope, the charity school. And Moses is going to bring us the word of the Lord. Is that right? Thank you. Okay, my turn. You can go and sit down, though, because I'm going to hold them all hostage for like... An hour and a half. That's all right, isn't it? No change. I'm so excited to be home. I'm so excited. For everyone that knows me, if you don't know me, I'm a very serious agent for Jesus working in a slum. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're just there. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've got so many things to tell you. I'm just going to rely on the Holy Spirit to um, pick out the most important bits. Is that all right? 
Um, but, I, I, you know, when we were just worshipping, great worship, by the way, lovely. Um, I was like, Jesus, what, what do you want to say? And he, he just showed me this picture of uh, someone who was lying on the floor, absolutely covered in massive, um, heavy, heavy chains. Um, they couldn't even move like a finger because the chains were just holding them down. And all they could do was to whisper the name of Jesus. And Jesus came and started lifting off these chains and putting them on himself. And as soon as he put them on himself, they just disappeared. It was like they were eaten up and gone. He said, this is what I really love to do, is to pull chains off of people. But actually, there's something I love even more than that. What I love more than that is when you guys come with me and you help me do it. I really love that. That really excites me. And, um, and then after that, I remembered that uh, our motto in, on the kids' T-shirts is breaking the chains. Um, I knew there was a reason we had that there. Um, and so um, essentially that is what Jesus has called us to do um, in the slums, developing slums of, of Mbali, is to break people's chains that holds them down, the poverty, the um, desperation, the poor choices, poor thinking, the shame, the, all that rubbish that our lives get crowded with. And, um, and we help Jesus to... Um, pull them off and get people slowly, gradually, they start to move a finger and then they get on their knees and then they're up on their feet and before you know it, they're running. Awesome. Jesus is great, isn't he? Um, So as Heather was saying so brilliantly, uh, we now have um, a nursery school that has around about, well, we were supposed to not take in a baby class this year, but somebody... Somebody can't help himself and uh, did end up taking in a bunch of kids. So we've got something like mm, 120 or so children in the nursery. And uh, primary school is um, pretty much full. By the way, last year we had our primary leaving exam results. That's uh, that's a government whole nationwide thing. And um, our results were fabulous. We're in the top 6% of the nation. Um, and um, thank you to thanks to God for that and uh, our staff. We employ over seventy people now, um, working in the nursery and primary and in our family support unit. And uh, they've worked incredibly hard, and uh, we just love them for that. You know, a lot of these people that we employ, they're coming from a broken place as well. You know, uh, living in the slum and. Uh, having issues. So, I mean, it's just fantastic how we've seen them break off those chains and start to run with Jesus and and starting to see the fruit of their work happening. And um, we've also got a bunch of kids now that have left primary school because they're really old. We've been there 10 years now. 10 years. This is our 10th. We've reached 10 years. Yeah. This is exciting, isn't it? Can you believe it? No wonder you see the bags and the wrinkles and <laughs> the grey hair is covered up, by the way. Um, so we've got, um, I guess, something like 70 or so children that have now left primary and are either in secondary or because the economic system in Uganda is so um, tight and difficult, frankly, there's no point going and doing O-levels and A-levels if you're not that minded. It's best just to get straight into vocational training. So... <coughs> Excuse me, um, we've got a bunch of children that have gone straight from primary. They leave primary about 14 years old in Uganda, so a bit older. 
Um, so they've gone into vocational training, carpentry and hairdressing and um, mechanics and all that kind of stuff that I don't know how to do, but I'm really grateful because in about three or four years' time, they can come and fix my stuff for free. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Payback, exactly. Um, so it's really exciting to see them moving on. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, we've got a video. I forgot the video. Should we show the video now? We'd like to see a bit of a video of, um, basically it shows why we do what we do and how we do it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, it's the one that says sponsorship something, something. Is it there? Tumbleweed. <laughs> and um, what else can I tell you whilst I'm up here? There's so many things I can tell you. Mm. Oh, okay. Get your purses out, people. Come on. It all takes money, you know, everything we do. It's all God's anyway, isn't it? It all comes from him. It's fabulous. Um, I'm going to tell you about a really exciting thing that happened earlier this year. Um, like I said, some of the kids that we've been with uh, have been with us now for 10 years. So when they started with us, they were about um, five years old. And now, of course, they're like 15 years old. And uh, they're in secondary school. And uh, we decided that it would be great for them to go and visit back to their homeland, some of these kids. They come from a place called Karamoja. Have you ever heard of Karamoja? Some of you. Some of you have been there, haven't you? I, I've been there now, aren't you? I got dragged up. No, I wasn't dragged. It was interesting. We saw a zebra. It's my first, do you know what? It's my first zebra. I've been there like 12 years in Uganda, never seen a zebra until this year. Something wrong with that. Anyway, so we took these kids, um, I shouldn't say we, it wasn't me, I used we in the general term. Moses and Martin, another guy we work with, um, took 20 of these kids who were a Karamajong. Either they were born there but moved down to Namatala as internally displaced people. Or they've, they were born in the slum. They've never visited their homeland. So 20 of them, we decided we would take back to Karamoja to go and bless their own people. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? And so we said to them, we're not planning anything other than we've got all the pastors and the churches ready, but you do what you think God wants you to do. We didn't tell them what they should do. And uh, at the beginning of the year, we had a week of prayer and fasting for our organization, we just shut the place down and just pray and fast all week with the staff. And we asked the kids to come and join us in that week. Um, so they really got stuck into God. And uh, so then when they went to Karamoja the first day, they were like, what are we looking at? Their minds were blown. And then Martin had a word with them and said, come on, you're here to work. So what are you going to do? And so every morning they met and prayed together. And guess what? They discovered that some of them had very accurate gifts of prophecy. They were told what was going to be happening, who they were going to be seeing. Okay, So they were able to plan what they were going to do around what they were receiving from God in the morning. And then they organized themselves. Right, some of you, we can do like a song and dance thing. And some of us, we can stand up and give our testimonies. And uh, somebody else, we can give a little word from the Bible. And actually, we can start praying for people 
We lay hands on the sick and so on. These are teenagers, like 14, 15 years old. So that's what they did. And every evening, afternoon, they would draw a crowd of people with their songs and dances and dramas and things. And then they would start giving their testimonies, telling them that Jesus loved them. And uh, yeah, I said, right, who wants to be prayed for? Who's sick? Come to the front. And then they would start laying hands, expecting Jesus to heal them. And guess what? Jesus healed people because he likes doing that, doesn't he? Um, and I said, right, who wants to get saved? And they were up there for two weeks, and I believe the figure is 465 people gave their lives to Jesus in those two weeks. And there were so many people, in fact, obviously they were writing names down and giving them to pastors to make sure that they would then be followed up and go along to church. But there's so many of them, there had to be four new churches planted up in Karamoja. Four new churches planted. And in fact, whilst we've been here, they've been up again, haven't they? Back to Karamoja with um, Pastor Philip and some other kids from his church doing some stuff up there. So to me, this is um, a demonstration of um, us succeeding. Okay. So I'm, although I like education and I like good marks and, you know, good results and so on, I don't care about that much. I'm more interested in them finding their purpose in God and being used by him. Are you with me on this? They, um, we want them to become leaders in the community, however that looks. And uh, we are starting to see that happen, even as little teenagers, with all their craziness that also goes on in the teenage years. But we're seeing change happen. Jesus using these kids to change their homeland. And you know what? The... Um, some of the pastors, they, when they heard our kids preach and what have you, they were like, it's like having an international speaker here. They were so impressed with these children because through the school, Jesus had gifted them with uh, confidence and intelligence and straightforward thinking and uh, skills to speak. And then he used that to change people's lives. Right, I think, have we now got a video?
The video skills aren't improving, are they? <laughs> Never mind. Oh, dear. Um, so that's what we do and why we do. Maybe you didn't know all those stats. I didn't, actually, when I started doing the video. It's quite shocking, isn't it, really? Um, and the state of the infrastructure in Uganda is um, just crumbling, frankly. So it's really important that the church, the people of God, step in and lift these people up, isn't it? Um, so uh, a couple of other things before I allow Moses to come up, because I've still got the microphone, so I'm in charge. <laughs> um, you might have seen this fostering system. So for those of you that remember, we had a children's home. We don't anymore. Um, we decided that um, although it served a purpose for a while, it wasn't the way we wanted to go to continue. Um, and so we um, looked into finding foster homes, um, families that are willing to take kids in. And um, now 36, I think it's 36 children that were in the children's home are now all in families. And actually they're doing so, so much better than they were in the home. And, uh, and the foster families are learning a lot as well and are, are enjoying the process. So um, I'm really happy about that. What else was I going to tell you? Oh, okay. So looking to the future, um, of course, going up to Karamoja and seeing 
the I mean, it's a different kind of poverty. There's lots of kinds of poverty, isn't there? Karamoja is like um, brutal. People are living probably the same way that they were living 500 years ago, to be honest. There's, you know, there's something really interesting there. I went up there and, the, well, you know, our people, they take you in their huts, don't they? <laughs> and um, so I went into this hut, and it's different in Karamoja. I said, oh, this is how we build huts, and this is how we're always going to build huts. But when you go in, you step down. The floor is lower than the ground outside. I was like, why, why are you so low? I thought maybe it's something to do with temperature or whatever. But I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. When it rains, isn't it going to get flooded somehow? <laughs> whatever. Um, and I said, well, basically, what happens is um, when you're lower than the ground, people with guns can't shoot you. Because obviously the huts have only got mud walls. And um, if you lie down lower than the ground, you can't get a bullet, can you? And, and in fact, um, the government have managed to remove the vast majority of guns that are in that area. So it's just that doesn't happen anymore. There isn't any shooting, really. But they still make their huts two foot lower than the ground. They don't know why they're doing it. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, so, back to Karamoja. Moses, visionary, my boss, as well as my husband, is like, oh, we've got to do something for these people because they're not prospering they're being left behind the rest of the world is moving on somehow and these people have got nothing they shun modern medicine and even if they did want to go to the hospital it's like a day's walk away and uh, the kids can't go to school until they're about eight or nine years old because the school's like quite a good distance away and you can't walk that far when you're little so by the time you're like eight years old by then you've got used to herding cattle and picking fruits and getting ready to be married and all that kind of stuff so then they don't want to be at school and then they don't learn and they don't understand what the rest of the world is like and then they get isolated and they never change and they die young and you see where this is going. So um, we are going to start a nursery school in Karamoja. Of course we are. <laughs> um, not now now, as we say in, uh, in Africa, not now now. Um, <laughs> just after we get back, yeah. um, we have found a young man who has a heart for children um, and wants to also do the same thing. So we've brought him to Umbali and he's currently being trained up at the local vocational school for learning how to do nursery training, nursery teaching. Um, and so we hope to start that when he's finished his training, which will be when, Mo? 2020. Um, so that's what we're hoping to do in the future. Uh, of course, we haven't given up on our hope of having our own secondary school, but the money hasn't come. So for whatever reason, God says not yet. And when the money comes, we'll know we can kick off. Oh, I know. There was one other thing I was going to say, and I don't know whether it's relevant or not. Because um, whenever I come, someone's always banging on about redigging the wells. Am I right? <laughs> we are actually literally digging a well right now. Um, at the school, the water supply is so rubbish um, that we've given up on it. So not only have we put on rainwater harvesting, but really excitingly, because there's something in my spirit here, I don't know what it is, we are literally digging a well on the grounds of the school. And interestingly, by the way, I don't know if this helps or not, you can't dig a well in the wet season. You can only dig a well in the dry season. I don't know if that helps. 
but if you dig it in the wet season, you've got a really deep hole, and when it rains, it fills up, and you can't get to the bottom. <laughs> so you've got to wait for the dry season, and then you can dig out the rocks. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. It's exciting, isn't it? No, there is one more thing I'm going to say, and that is... This is so random. Um, thank you, is what I want to say. Thank you so, so, so much. Because you might not know this, but you guys basically make it possible for us to live there because you pay all my bills. Did you know that? <laughs> you pay my rent and you pay my water bill and you pay my electricity and you make sure there's food on the table. And um, Thank you, because we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without you guys giving money. So thank you. Those of you that are sponsoring kids, you have made it possible for those kids to be in the top 6% of the country and to be moving on in their lives. And those of you who are praying, by the way, all, pretty much on a weekly basis, I have some kind of problem that ha is completely insurmountable. There is no possible practical way of getting through. And you guys pray, and Jesus comes through with an answer. You do that. You do that, because I'm rubbish at praying. <laughs> I'm really good at panicking. <laughs> But I'm rubbish at praying. But you guys, when you pray for us, you elevate the problem into the supernatural and it's fixed. At the start of the year, we did not have any money to pay for the children that have left primary school. It wasn't there. I was like, oh, God, we're going to have to shut down the program. Well, I was like, can we sack some staff? Can we do something? You know, there's just not enough money. You know, three weeks away and I'm going to have to pay. I'm going to have to find... Um, 10,000 quid, and it's not there. And then at the end of the month, I don't know how, the money was there. And all of them have gone to secondary school and moved on. You did that with your prayers. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Um, can somebody help me to Elevate the thing a little bit up. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. Um. I want to say that uh, thank you for receiving us back to the family. We feel so happy and blessed to be here. Psalm 119, verse 89. The psalmist said, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. I want to pray that tonight that God's word that is settled in heaven will be settled in this place. Will be settled in your life. Will be settled in your home, in your business, in your marriage, in your children's life. Whatever aspect of your life. Holy Spirit, we ask you to increase your presence tonight. 
Increase your presence tonight. Let your word be settled. Let your word be settled, O oh God. Yes, Lord. Increase it. Increase it, Father. Father, tonight, I pray that you use me as your vessel. Here I am, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's mighty name I pray. Amen. Acts chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 1 to, to 10. And because of interest of time. How much time do I have now? Sure. Ugandan time. <laughs> Great. Acts chapter 3. From verse 1 to 10. Oh, let me ask my wife to read it. You know, she's a good talker. And a good reader. <clears throat> Are we all there? Acts 3, verse 1. Good. There you go. <laughs> Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man, lame from birth, was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. You want me to do verse 10? Thank you. Um, back in Uganda, the Lord is doing great stuff. We're seeing the hand of God, the move of God, and things that make medical people really to wonder what it is. But God is at work. Um, last month, one of our young workers is a new convert from the Muslims, from Islam. He developed cough. Then he decided to go to the clinic, local clinic, 
while he was there, he saw a health worker and he was diagnosed with tuberculosis. So um, we referred him to Joe Hospice, our, part, uh, our partner, and they mentioned the same thing. A week later, it turns up to our Tuesday prayer clinic. And, you know, we were so close. And, you know, if you have tuberculosis, it can be transferred through air. And the first thing, I'm like, this guy is here. So Satan was trying to plant some sort of fear in me. I said, no. We're covered by the blood of Jesus and tuberculosis has to leave. So we prayed for this young man. And two weeks later, he went back to the clinic and he was seen by a senior doctor. And she was surprised. The tuberculosis is gone. He was taken back for a test and was negative. He came back with his report and said, look here. We said, praise God. Another worker of ours, and she comes to the lighthouse, Uganda. She had a pregnancy of uh, uh, six months. And she has been doing very well with her antenatal checkups. But this partial time when she went for a checkup, the nurse said, what happened? Your baby doesn't look like it's a six-month-old baby. It looks like it's a three-month-old baby. She started panicking. And the, doc, uh, the nurse said, even the heartbeat of your baby is going down. Her being a nurse, she began to panic. So she was given some drugs to help with. But she gave a second thought and said, no, let me go for prayers. She came for prayers. And we prayed for her. And prayed for a baby. She was due to go back for a checkup the following, following month. When she went back for checkup, a baby that the nurse said it was looking like a three-month-old pregnancy was back to what it was supposed to be. And the nurse said, well done, you ate very well. <laughs> she just laughed and he said, no, it is God at work. I've been eating the same kind of foods. So then the nurse said, which organization do you work for? work with, they must be giving a lot of money because from the complication you had last time and suddenly, this something. She just smiled and said, Jesus. Tonight, I just want to talk about the problem of low expectation. As a church of Christ, I found out we believers were faced with the danger of Low expectation. We come to God, we have issues, we have problems, the things that are disturbing us, 
and we know what the word of God is saying. And we know him as a healer, as a deliverer, as a God who provides, as a God who makes a way, as a covenant-making God. But our problem is we don't expect him to move in our lives. Many of us struggle with this problem of low expectation. And because of low expectation, it has affected us and affected the ability of God to meet us at a point of need. Because God wants us to expect from him every time we come into his presence. The Bible talks about a layman who was lame from his birth. And every day, he was carried to the gate called Beautiful. This lame man was making a best, best from a bad situation. And what was he doing? Begging. Begging. Begging from the people who were going to church. He couldn't cross beyond the beautiful guide. He remained at once, at one point. His expectation was begging. Never did he think that one time he would walk. The Bible tells me that he was attracted to begging as his job. Friends, you are attracted to what you are exposed to. If you're exposed to worship, you'll be attracted to worship. If you're exposed, exposed to prayer, you'll be attracted to prayer. If you're exposed to holiness, you'll be attracted to holiness. If you're exposed to the word of God, you'll be attracted to the word of God. And also, if you're exposed to sin, you'll be so attracted to sin. This man was attracted to begging. He was lame all his life. He was broke all his life. He was quiet all his life. He was angry all his life. He was insecure all his life. He was begging all, all his life. Begging turned to be a routine for him. Friends, a routine is what you think you cannot change. And many of us are into routines. The things that we feel we cannot change. Even when we come to church, because of our low expectation, we feel the thing the Lord cannot change, cannot take it away. It has become a routine. Tonight, I want to say that by with the grace of God, 
something can change in your life. Something can change in your family. Something can change in your place of work. Don't make what your situation a routine. What you're faced with today is temporal. It's not permanent. We serve a God who is a waymaker, who is a covenant-keeping God, and is watching over his word to be fulfilled in our lives. When we expect him, he comes. When we expect him, he comes. And he meets us at our point of expectation. The Bible says daily, daily, they laid him at the gate called beautiful. It became his routine. Every day he was put at the same spot. Same spot of begging. Friends, have you tried to do something and it has taken you back to the same spot? Maybe you've tried to move a job and it has taken you back to the same spot. Maybe you've tried to move a church and taken you back to the same spot. The Bible tells me this man was laid daily at the same spot. The Bible talks about the beautiful gate. When the Bible talks about beautiful, it must have been so beautiful. Maybe this gate was decorated with gold and precious stones. And when you could look, it was outstanding. Outstanding. Everyone who passed would be attracted by the beauty of this gate. And that's why it was called beautiful. But at the beautiful gate, there was an ugly problem. A lame beggar. At the place everyone said it's beautiful. They looked up and they saw all these stars of gold and precious stones. But when they looked below it, they saw an ugly problem. Friends, we can be in the beautiful presence of God, but with ugly problems. People can see us can feel, can watch the beauty of God. But you can be here with an ugly problem in the beautiful presence of God. The ugly problem could be anger. Could be unforgiveness. Could be judgment. Ugly problem could be hatred. And we're in the beautiful 
beautiful presence of God with all this. Whatever it is, this man was put at the beautiful place, but he had an ugly problem. Friends, what do we have? When we come, we come to the beautiful presence of God. But down deep in our hearts, we're struggling with ugly problems. How can you be in the beautiful place and still have ugly problems? How can you be in the presence of God and still struggle with unforgiveness? And still struggle with judging others. And still struggle with hatred. How can you be in such praises when everyone is feeling the awesome praises of God? But you're struggling with an ugly problem. Friends. This man's problem stopped him from going beyond the gate. He didn't know what was over across the gate. He remained at the beautiful gate. Whatever we may have, friends, might just make us just remain just there, not beyond what God wants to meet us from. The Bible talks about a gate. What is a gate? A gate is an axis. It's an axis. It's a place of axis. Friends, I feel God has given us a gate. A place of access. You can go from that ugly situation and access your greatness. You can go from the sickness and access your healing. You can go from being born and access your freedom. You can go from that low self-esteem and access your, your self-esteem. There is a gate before you. God wants you to go beyond the gate. Don't stop there. Don't have low expectation and remain at the gate. Go beyond the gate and see what the Lord has got for you. There is a gate of greatness for you. There is a gate of miracles for you. There is a gate of healing for you. There is a gate of promotion for you. Let's go beyond the gate. Let's go beyond the gate and access the blessings that the Lord 
as God for us. Thank you, Jesus. Because of his routine, it affected his thinking and his belief. Right now, maybe some of you believe that maybe some things are meant for other people. Your routine has affected you. You feel like some blessings are meant for some people. Child of God. God through Christ Jesus has given us access. You are not less. You can receive what others have received. You can be what God wants you to be. Don't believe the devil's lie. Don't believe that speaking in tongues is for other people. Healing is for other people. Prophecy is for other people. Maybe miracles is for other people. Maybe marriage is for other people. Friends, access is given to you. Access is given to you. Move from that ugly situation. Cross the gate. See what is lying before you. Every time we make a choices, it comforts our incapacity. Every time you make an excuse over something, it comforts your incapacity. You reinforce, you're reinforcing the devil's lie. Through Christ Jesus, Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you believe, say amen. He said, I can do. You can do. You can do it. If others have done it, you can do it. Through Christ who strengthens you. Let's not make excuses that comforts our incapacity. Thank you, Jesus. Family, Papa God wants to wants you to know that the gate has been opened for you. It is your choice today to cross, to move away from that ugly problem, ugly situation, and see what is on the other side. Whether the devil wants it or not, Papa God says access is yours. The access is yours today. The access to his presence is yours today. The access to his miracles is yours today. The access to his blessings is yours today. 
The devil has no authority over what God has declared before you. The choice is yours. The gate is, a, is an access. It's an opportunity for you to move from that ugly situation to what God wants you to be. Thank you, Father. The Bible talks about Peter and John. They came and the routine of this man said, please, don't you see my situation? Give me some money. The Bible says the response of Peter and John, they said silver and gold we do not have. Wow. Is that true? We know that when we go to the presence of God, we must not go empty-handed. These were preachers. They knew that every time they go to the presence of God, they must offer. They must give. Is that true? Peter and John had a different dimension. It wasn't literally silver and gold. The, loma, um, the, the lemon had a dimension of begging. Peter and John had a dimension of relationship. And they said, look, we're not in the same dimension of silver and gold. We are in a different dimension. Child of God. They said we are in a different dimension. Because they had a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says whenever Jesus went to some important occasion to pray, he carried Peter, John, and James. Why Peter and John? Why not Luke and Matthew? Because Peter and John and James had a relationship. They had a relationship with Jesus. And when they came to the to the layman, they said, look, we don't have the dimension that you have. We have a dimension of relationship. So, the silver and gold that you're asking, we moved out of it. We moved from that dimension. We're in the dimension of relationship. In the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. The man had a low expectation. He said, arise and walk. Let me take you by your right hand. He lifted him up. That was a miracle. Friends, 
what is going to change our nation? What is going to change our world? What is going to change our community? Our people of relationship. Relationship with Jesus Christ. People are tired of religion. When you have relationship with Jesus Christ, religion is going to be thrown away. People of relationship with Jesus Christ are going to make a difference wherever they will go. In the place of work, they will make a difference. In the community, they will make a difference. In the church, they will make a difference because of that relationship. The world is looking for people of a relationship. Romans 8, 19. The Bible says the whole creation is groaning for the manifestation of sons of God. The Bible says for the manifestation of of sons of God. People of a relationship with Jesus. It's what the world is looking for. It's what the world is waiting for. Peter and John were one of those. We're one of those. And when a miracle took place. This man followed them down to the temple. And the Bible says he was praising, limping, and jumping, praising God. Because something happened to him. Can we today... Ask God for more of him in our lives. That we will dig deep into a relationship with the King of Kings. And when we come out, we'll be people of a difference. What was in the temple was religious people. They said, is that the lame man? Is that the beggar? I can't believe that he's the one. They said, no, he's the one. Look at his cloth. Don't you see his cart? Yeah, cart is the same. Religion undermines the power of God. It is relationship that brings Jesus into the same. Family, I want to encourage you not to be contented with the level of relationship that we have had with Christ. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. It doesn't matter how many miracles that you've seen. 
the best is yet to come. Let's go deeper. Let's pray like we've never prayed before. Let's fast like we've never fasted before. Let's worship like we've never worshipped before. Because the best is yet to come. What you've seen, what you've experienced, is what you've tasted is nothing compared to what God is about to release. It's nothing compared to what God is about to release. I believe that in these end times, God is going to pour out great anointing upon his church. Can we say, Father, take me higher. Take me higher. Can we develop a hunger for him again? Can we develop a thirst for him again? Thank you, Jesus. In the next few minutes that I'm left with, let me ask the worshipers to come. And I want to ask you just to release yourself to the Lord. Just get out of that low expectation and develop higher expectation of him. Father, I pray that tonight that you visit every heart. Lord, visit every heart. Lord, we're tired of religion. We're tired of routine. We want a relationship with you. We want a relationship with you tonight. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that tonight you pour out that grace, that anointing. Please watch, please. Give us some worship. Can we stand, please? Touch them. Touch them. The presence of God is here. Yes, you have an access now. Get into it. Get into it. Get into it.
Jesus, Jesus, Rima, Mama, 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 Robo Shakaya, Baba, yes. Whatever is not of God in your life, I command it to lose you now. Every power of darkness, I command it to lose you now. In the name of Jesus Christ, every form of sickness, I command go in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, loose God's people now. Lose them right now. Lose their homes right now. Yes, lose their jobs right now. Lose the marriages right now. Yes, whatever part that has been against you, I call the fire of the Holy Ghost to destroy the part right now. To destroy the part right now. To destroy the part right now. And I want to ask you the intercessors, uh, the pastors to move around and just lay hands and hands on God's people. Let them receive. Yes. Yes, receive it right now. Receive it right now. Every form of sickness in your blood, in your muscles, in your bones, I go fire to destroy them right now. Yes, Holy Ghost fire. 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 Yes, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let the Spirit leave you. Let the sickness leave you now. Out. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ. Out. Yes. That ugly problem I command to leave you now. That ugly problem I command to leave you now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Out. Out. Whatever it is, cancer go. Diabetes go. I blood pressure go. That headache I command go. Heart condition I rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lose God's people. Lose God's people now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Yes, somebody you're feeling like current going through your body. That the touch of God. Receive it, receive it, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
also as Moses and some of our prayer team continue just to move around the room to bless what God is doing in different individuals. I just want to highlight something to Lighthouse people tonight. The last two weeks, two weeks running, God has been saying a similar thing. Moses didn't know what was spoken here last week, where God was really um, speaking to us about taking off the grave cloths, the grave clothes, which are like our routines. There's the routine word, taking off the routines. They're not necessarily evil, bad things that we do, but they're ways of thinking and doing things in the week that get us stuck, that trap us in certain ways of thinking that are limiting us entering into two things. One is being available to share the life of God with those people who don't yet know him because we're so trapped in on Monday I do this, on Tuesday I sit there, on Wednesday we do this, we do that on Thursday, da, 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 da. And the other is that our routines can also um, hinder us from breaking into the more, the new that God is wanting to do. It's not that the routines are bad in of themselves, but because this has come now two weeks running, I feel we should like do the proverbial heads up. Okay, he's saying something to us that we can make a choice to respond to. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing Moses and this word tonight, because you've done it for, out of kindness to us, to help us experience you more and be more effective at sharing what we've got with others. And so I just pray right now, tonight, Lord, help us to work out how we can shift something. To go in the new territory of experience of you and to find the people who are stuck at Gate Beautiful waiting for someone like you or me to walk along and say, such as I have, I give to you. So if you're just responding with a yes in your heart to God, just show him that in some way. Like, raise your hand, nod your head, say, yes, Lord. And I just ask now for those divine revelations of what it is we can change, we can shift. Something we could do differently tomorrow than we've done today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that gets us out of stuck places and unfruitfulness. That we can be freshly in love with you and ready to give everything we have away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us tonight. 
may we be good ground for your seed word this evening, I pray. Amen. Now, if you didn't get prayed with and you would love somebody to pray with you before you go home tonight, you are welcome. Just come up to this area near where these lights are. And somebody will come alongside you and bless you, whether it's healing that you're after, some encouragement in some way, a touch from the Lord, you're welcome to come up here. But if you need to get off because you're going to work, well, maybe it's not work tomorrow, but who knows, it's bank holiday, then you are welcome to go when you are ready. And remember, next Sunday there's a morning service, but no evening service. God bless you. Would you like to show your appreciation to Bex and Moses for all they brought to us tonight? Thank you. Well done, Moses. Well done, Bex. Thank you. Amen.